0: All right, well, uh, I think that a a lot of us struggle with something that as you look through the scriptures, you see that many of the biblical figures, many of the heroes of faith really also struggled with, and that is a lack of confidence. We, We convince ourselves that we really can't do things that God has asked us to do, that God has called us to do. Uh, We convince ourselves of things like these. We convince ourselves that we can't change, that we have struggled with a particular sin for so long that it's just not possible for us to uh, be free from it. Uh, We convince ourselves that we're not up to making the kind of investment that's needed to see our uh, marriage improve. Uh, We convince ourselves that we'll never be able to get a different job than what we have now. Uh, We we convince ourselves that we are forever stuck in a job that we uh, don't like and that does not meet our financial obligations. We convince ourselves that we can't change our financial situation, that we are doomed to always struggle with debt and the frustration that comes with it. We convince ourselves that we can't share our faith, that it's too risky, that it's too uncomfortable. We're too fearful of uh, how things will be uh, received, And we convince ourselves that a specific ministry that God has called us to be part of is simply too challenging for us. We're not knowledgeable enough to do it. We're not righteous enough to do it. Sometimes we're given opportunities to lead. Uh, maybe it's at work where we're given an opportunity to step into a leadership role. Maybe it's within the church where we're asked to consider a leadership role. Maybe it's in some community organization where we're asked to do this, and we shrink back from it because we think that we are not up to leading. You know, many uh, many of us don't feel up to leading for a, for a variety of reasons. Uh, some of us convince ourselves that uh, leadership is the domain of type A personalities. And, and since that's not the type of personality we have, we, we determine that we can do it. Uh, some of us uh, feel that we lack some competency that a leader must have, and so we shrink back. Uh, some of us allow past failures in our lives uh, to cause us to pass on any opportunity uh, that we have to lead that failure just taunts us anytime we begin to consider the possibility of stepping up and leading maybe there's some area of our lives that we know is not yielded to god and so it makes us feel like hypocrites at least in the context of the church uh, to step up and consider leading this problem of lacking confidence for something that god has called us to in including in the case of leadership was actually quite prevalent among biblical figures that we consider to have had great faith, uh, that we look at and see that they accomplish great things, and that we look at and associate them with great leadership. Uh, Two examples in the scriptures that are uh, often cited, uh, uh, very noticeable ones, are Gideon and and Moses. And today I want us to consider uh, Moses. I want to highlight the call That God placed on Moses' life, the lack of confidence that Moses had in being able to fulfill God's call, the objections he made to God uh, regarding the call, and then I want us to see how God answered every one of Moses' objections. Because what I believe is that God answers our objections today in 2015 in the very same way that he answered Moses' objections all those thousands of years ago. I'm not going to ask you today to turn to, uh, to our text because... Uh, we're actually spanning two chapters of the Bible and just kind of uh, picking and choosing different spots within those two chapters to read. But everything that I talk about today will come out of Exodus chapter 3 and 4. If you want to turn there and be ready, when I reference uh, different verses, you can. Uh, But we're not starting off with a reading like we uh, often do. Uh, Many of you probably know the basic outline of the story of Moses. Uh, He was an Israelite, he was born at the time that Israel was enslaved to Egypt, and the Egyptian Pharaoh had decreed that all Israelite boys were to be thrown into the Nile River, and he did this because he was concerned about the rapid growth uh, of the Hebrew population. And so Moses' family determined to try to protect him from this decree, and they hid him in a basket and placed him in the Nile River. There he was discovered by Pharaoh's daughter. He found favor with Pharaoh's daughter. He ended up being allowed to live because of the favor that he found with Pharaoh's daughter, and he was taken in by the daughter to, to be raised as her child, to be raised in Pharaoh's house as an Egyptian. When he got older, he saw his people, the Israelites, being oppressed, and one day he witnessed an Egyptian beating an Israelite, and he rose up in defense of the Israelite, and in doing so, he killed the Egyptian. And obviously, this placed him in in danger, and it resulted in him needing to flee from Egypt, and he fled to a place called Midian. And you can read about all of that that I just mentioned in Exodus chapter 2. It was at Midian that Moses had an encounter with God. And God called this man who had fled Egypt in fear of his life to return to that very same place and lead the Israelite people out of their bondage to the Egyptians. God called Moses to do this. And we see it in chapter 3 verse 7 when God said this to Moses. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me and I, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. So God is going to do something big in the world and he calls Moses into his plan and God gives Moses this assignment to go and bring the people up out of Egypt. But Moses lacks confidence that he can do what God has directed him to do. And so he raises a number of objections with God. And I think that they are quite similar to the objections that many of us offer when he calls us to do hard things when he calls us to share our faith with someone that we're afraid isn't going to be open, when he calls us to overcome a temptation that we've been uh, battling with for a long time, when he calls us to work on our marriage, when he calls us to step into a leadership role. And Moses' first objection is found in chapter 3, verse 11. And here's what he says. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. Now, we might be inclined to give Moses the benefit of the doubt and say, well, he's just being humble here, but that's really not what's going on. This is well beyond humility, and the rest of the story makes that very clear. This is an expression of someone who doesn't think they're up to it, who lacks confidence that they can do it, even though, and here's the key thing, even though God has personally assigned them the task. This is an important part of it. If God assigns you the task, there there should be uh, enough deference to God to say he knows enough to know I can do this. And, And yet Moses doesn't see it that way. And so he offers this objection. And God answers Moses, I will be with you. You're not gonna have to do it on your own. I'm going to be with you. But that assurance isn't enough for Moses. So he places another objection before God in verse 13. Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and and they ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? He's essentially saying to God, I don't know you well enough to go to the Israelites. I don't even know who to tell them has sent me. And so God reveals more of himself to Moses. God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. So two objections offered, two objections overcome, two answers given. But Moses continues to lack confidence. He persists in this. And so in chapter four, verse one, he offers yet another objection. What if they do not believe me or listen to me, and they say the Lord did not appear to you. And so God answers again. He asked Moses what's in his hand, and he was referring to the staff that Moses was carrying. And then God proceeds to demonstrate to Moses that he will go so far as to perform miracles to convince the Israelites that Moses has been sent by God if that's what it takes. And so he tells Moses, throw the staff on the ground. He does, and it turns into a snake. What, what an unkind thing of God to do. <laughs> I mean, if you're wanting to like build my confidence, don't have a snake anywhere in the story. But God knows better than us, so that's what he did. And, and then he tells him, now pick the snake up. <laughs> oh, that is just great. <laughs> pick the snake up. Now he did let him pick it up by the tail. <laughs> pick the snake up and make sure you get the mouth. <laughs> no, he, he allowed him to pick it up uh, by the tail. Actually, if you just stick your finger in front of the mouth, that's an easy way to pick it up. No. <laughs> So he has him pick the snake up by the tail, and it turns back into his staff. And then he assures Moses that this will be a sign to the people that God has in fact appeared to Moses and commissioned him. So think about what God has now said to Moses. He has said, I will perform miracles to enable you to lead the way that I've called you to lead. Three objections offered, three objections overcome, three answers given. But Moses is stubborn in his lack of confidence. And so in chapter 4, verse 10, we read, Moses said to God, O Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. He's a poor communicator. I don't speak good, Moses is saying. (laughs) Another objection. And God has another answer. Verse 411. Who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. Make sure you're following this closely. God just told Moses he'd speak through him, that he would personally teach him how to do this. Surely now Moses is ready to go, ready to step up and do what God's called him to do, ready to step up and lead but he's not. He's not. Having offered his best objections and having them all answered, Moses dispenses with offering any more objections, and he just makes a direct appeal to God. Chapter four, verse 11, but Moses said, oh Lord, please send someone else to do it. I'm not going to make any more objections. I'm just going to directly tell you what I'm after. God, send someone else to do it. All of his objections have been answered by God speaking directly to him. And yet his lack of confidence is so great that he still won't agree to do what God has called him to do and straight out ask God to find someone else. And in doing so, what do you do? He insulted God. Chapter 4, verse 14, we read something that really should grab our attention. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. The Lord's anger burned against Moses. Not a verse that gets hung on the refrigerator, but a verse that should should make it into our consciousness. Disobedience to God displeases God. We've created a God that doesn't exist in our current uh, state of uh, affairs in the church and in the world. God never disagrees with anybody about anything anymore. And yet we see here that the person that God hand-selected to lead His people... God burns in anger against Moses because disobedience then and now displeases God. Being called to something by God and refusing is no small matter. I want to say that again. Being called to something by God And refusing to do it is no small matter. God doesn't take it lightly when He gives us an assignment and we refuse the assignment. You've probably noticed this at your work. If your supervisor gives you an assignment and you say no, how's that go? I'm sure some of you have tried it. How's it go? It usually doesn't go very well, does it? Well, here's the thing. They're just your boss. God is more than your boss. He's God. Jesus Christ is Lord. Yes, he's Savior, but what else do we know him as? We know him as Lord. We know him as Master. And when God calls us to something, he expects obedience. He expects it. But here's a great thing. Even though his anger burned against Moses, he still responded graciously to Moses. And he provides yet another answer for Moses. Chapter 4, verse 4, God says, what about your brother Aaron the Levite? Essentially, God is about to accommodate Uh, Moses in a way that the story suggests to me God didn't start out wanting to accommodate but he's decided this is what he needs to do what I've called him to do and so so I'm going to provide this for him. What about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you and his heart will be glad when he sees you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you and it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand so you can perform miraculous signs with it. So now God provides another answer to Moses' objections. He assures him that he'll send another person alongside him to help him. And then he reminds him, and take the staff, because what, remember what I already told you, I'm going to do miracles to confirm your leadership. So God has now provided to Moses both supernatural help, which really should have been enough to get him to accept the assignment, but then very graciously, he has also offered natural help, the help of another person. Here is what God is saying to Moses in all of this. You can do whatever I say you can do. I determine what you can do. At the end of chapter 4, we find that Moses and Aaron did as the Lord said. The Israelites believed and they did receive them. Moses did not think he could do it. But God knew he could because God knew that he was going to empower him to do so. Friends, God is calling every one of us here in this room this morning to do something. To do something. And I'm not saying you're not doing anything. Many, most of you are. But God is still calling many of us to something else. He he very rarely stops challenging us and, and calling us into more. He's calling you to something. What is God calling you to that you lack confidence for? What is God calling you to do that you're refusing to do because you don't believe that you're up to it? Is he calling you toward any of those things that I mentioned earlier in the message? Calling you to gain freedom from a sin that you've accommodated much of your life? Is he calling you to work on your marriage? Even if it means that you have to stop saying it's all the other person's fault and you have to start owning that some of it is your fault and that you need to humbly acknowledge that you have been wrong and yield on the point that you too have caused some damage. Is he calling you to share your faith with your neighbor, your friend, your dad, your mom, your brother, your boss, even? Is he calling you to get involved in a ministry? Is he calling you into a leadership role in the community, in the school district, in the church? He's calling all of us to something. What is it for you? And are you responding? Are you responding well? Are you allowing a lack of confidence to cause you to resist what God wants you to do? Are you offering the same objections that Moses offered? Listen, many of us are guilty of objecting just like Moses did. And you need to know that just like he did with Moses, God has an answer for every one of your objections. When you say, I can't, God says, I will be with you. When you say, God, I'm not close enough to you. I don't know you well enough to do that. God says, well, then I'll reveal more of myself to you. I'll, I'll, I'll get closer to you. I want that. So, so that's what we'll do. I'll just reveal more of myself to you. When we say, when you say, what if people don't accept me? God says, I'll do whatever it takes to make sure they do accept you. When we say, when you say, God, I can't, and you can fill in the blank. I can't overcome my sin. I can't share my faith. I can't work on my marriage. I can't serve in that ministry. I can't lead. God says, I'll help you do that. I'm going to teach you how to do that. And when we say, after God has overcome all of our objections, God, please send someone else. Here's what God says. No, No, but I will bring people alongside you to help you. Yes. Nope, I'm not sending somebody else, but I will bring some help that has skin on. I'll do that for you. What God is saying to us with each of his answers to our objections is this, you can do whatever I say you can do. That's what you're capable of. And this is the reason that God doesn't take it lightly when we refuse. Because once we know the answers that God provides to our objections, we are exposed as not only lacking confidence in ourselves, but lacking confidence in God. And here's the truth. You can do whatever God says you can do. And so if God is calling you to something, and you know that he is. You you may have even received some outside confirmation that he is calling you to something. If God is calling you to do something, then he is in that call, assuring you, telling you that you can do it, that you're up to it. You can do whatever God says you can do. God is calling some of the men in this church to be better husbands and fathers. You can do it because God says you can. God's calling some of you women to be better wives and and mothers. You can do it because God says you can. God is calling some of you to make a financially difficult decision that he knows and you know will be in the best interest of your family, even if it might mean you don't have as much money. But you can do it because God says you can. God's calling some of you to share your faith with somebody that you are really intimidated by. You can do it because God says you can. God's opening up doors or is about to open up doors for some of you to move into positions of more responsibility at work, to move into leadership roles at work, in the community, in the church. You can do it because God says you can. Some of you that are assistant small group leaders now. And you know who you are. God is going to be calling you soon to step out and lead your own groups. To leave the comfort of the established group and to start a new one. You can do it because God says you can do it. Some of you, God is calling you to finally begin to fight against, and not just fight against, but overcome the sin that has just been your, your weakness for, for years, maybe decades, and you feel like you can't do it, but you can, because God says you can. If he's dealing with you to overcome it, he is saying to you, you can do it. You can do it because God says you can do it. God's going to be calling us as a church to have a bigger vision, to reach more people than we think we can reach, to make a bigger impact than we think we're capable of. We can do it because God says we can. Some of you have or will have opportunities to uh, step into leadership roles in your neighborhood, in the schools. As I've mentioned several times here, I, I just, that one I just feel very strongly. There are a number of you who are going to have opportunities for leadership that you're not going to want to move into, but you can do it, even if you don't feel up to it, because God says you can do it. I appeal to all of us today to stop objecting to what God is calling us to do, and instead start cooperating with what God is asking of each of us each of us because if god is calling you to it god has determined that with his help you can do it and so i appeal to you to trust god trust god Trust that he can do for you what he did for Moses. God can empower you to do these things that you think are too big for you. The truth is you really can do whatever God says. It's not important really what you think you're capable of. It's important what God thinks you're capable of. And even more accurately, it's more important what God knows he's capable of Through you. And so if you're lacking confidence, trust God instead of yourself. That's really really the key point there. Trust God instead of yourself. Place your confidence in him instead of yourself and believe that you can do what God says you can. God will do whatever is necessary so that you can accomplish what he's called you to do. He'll be with you He'll reveal more of himself to you. He'll do whatever is necessary to prepare the way for you, even if it involves something miraculous. He'll empower you and teach you, and he'll bring people alongside you to help you. So don't shrink back from what God's calling you to do. If he calls it, he will empower it. And if he calls you, it means he's saying you can do it. Why don't you stand